Today I'm joined by Ed McLean. After holding various product management and business development roles, Ed founded Aconcha in 2020 with a sustainability goal of supporting organisations with their carbon emissions. Ed didn't come into management in the traditional way. He didn't start an organisation and work his way up. By founding Aconcha, within a few months he found himself with seven direct reports needing to learn on the job. I really enjoyed my conversation with Ed today and learning about his management journey and how he's continuing to develop. I particularly love his principle around listening first and ensuring everything that he does comes from a full understanding of the context of what his employees are saying. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation, but most importantly, you take action. So what do you see as the main role of a manager? It's quite hard to generalise. If I was to say it in a compelling like management guru sentence, then I think that it is fundamentally about how do you translate the value of what the business needs in a specific place into the hands of a person and then help them see that their own personal story is attached to realizing that value i think that basically to take like a specific example it's really about trying to understand that person and what makes them motivated and what helps them to feel like they have meaning in doing work, which is half of a difficult task already. And then helping them to see that there is some kind of meaning in the specific things that are, they're on contract to do, right? And then hopefully everything else will follow, which is that you have a strong execution. People feel that they want to contribute to the culture of the company. People want to keep growing themselves into that specific set of value and also growing themselves in their own story as well. Okay, no, that's great. And you've mentioned some really important topics in there as well about creating culture, about getting clarity on business goals and actually then communicating that down. So I'm sure we'll end up touching on a, on a lot of these points as we go through this conversation. But but let's kind of take a step back on it and let's start talking about your experience as well, Ed. So if you were to look back over um, the last two years of the bunch, what would you say your superpowers have been in terms of managing people and leading people? I would say I'm still trying to learn what they are. I definitely think a lot about what does it mean to be a leader and how does the received idea of a leader like Napoleon or something <laughs> or Steve Jobs like translate into whatever they're doing today <laughs> and trying to solve a problem in a spreadsheet. Um, but you still have to have a sense of, of your own kind of value my journey with the contra is i started the business two years ago so gone from two founders in our team of seven so really not the huge world's hugest team we are mostly engineers i'm not an engineer we're trying to bring a new product to market and you know it's an industry none of us have worked before sustainability that's the journey in terms of you asked me what my superpower is i'd say there isn't one but i think something that i am good at and i do know that i'm good at is active listening and helping to use that as a tool to get people to see the story of what's happening right now and at the start you asked me like what's my manager kind of strapline sentence and my strapline sentence is <laughs> helping the person see how their own personal worth and value and meaning sits in the context of the business and what they have to do today and fundamentally that's really in you know, this the way I'd, I'd say active listening comes into that is you can only help people to see that if you can actually 
help them feel very well understood you understand them enough to position the value of the business and you can also then tell the right story off the back of it but it fundamentally does come back to visiting and visiting is one of those skill sets that is quite difficult and very poorly understood i think by many people and it's really not very hard but you just have to be just shown what what it does and how it helps people and it is a huge enabler when you're trying to develop a good relationship with someone from the start keep them growing keep them focusing what's at hand and keeping performance as high as it can be and continuing to see them stay with you and level up throughout throughout time no i think it's really interesting you mentioned there as well around the importance of helping an employee see their place in the organization and how they're contributing why do you think that's so important it's really it's difficult to know what doesn't start from there to be honest and i suppose the bigger picture is that a business is quite a big complex entity with like a huge amount of context being generated every single minute especially in a startup and it's difficult for anyone to keep track of that myself included of my own business (laughs) and no one really knows the full picture and there are various like techniques for helping a business like translate context to every level OKRs for example and then make the stuff that gets done linked to the context but it's not really hard and like most people do OKRs badly <laughs> so clearly it's like an unsolved problem and I think that that's one thing the other thing is that I also think that there's very little incentive for you to actually try and understand the context of business because you can just operate your whole life like being good at the stuff that's put in front of you and like actually have a very solid career and like good life doing that but there's a massive difference between people that want to just basically be that kind of person and be able to contribute to stuff versus people that are trying to ask the question of why does it matter and they it's basically about how does that person feel that they actually get meaning out of what they do and some people are happy with the the kind of craftsman sort of artisan i think is one way to look at it of like being extremely good at something and and honing it and getting better at it over time but there's some people who only who can't find meaning in just doing that in isolation or they don't have that skill set and actually what they do find meaning in is thinking about the why and why something is working where it needs to go but it's a different kind of person that gets meaning out of thinking about why there's why is doing a new particular campaign or like executing campaign in a certain way or like having a certain design why are those things actually important for business at a certain point in time and some people will only think that they're they will get value out of working if they understand that the why mm-hmm. and as a for the manager perspective you, you need to know where that person is like why they actually have meaning in their work and why what they do otherwise you basically don't really know why they're there or why they're working for you at the end of the day because at the end if you're going to at the end like if you're going to do something badly it's just going to suck and everyone's going to do it worse and most good companies will be able to like say don't do that just doesn't matter if you don't like it don't do it and we'll just get somebody else to do it but for example in marketing to come back to the point if you're interested in the skill of writing content for example or the skill of understanding building a growth funnel then just focus on doing that and outsource the rest of it. <laughs> like you shouldn't bother, and it's just not not worth anybody's time. And the real sp- and there are like intrinsic skills that underlie the actual craft things. Like I think writing is a skill, 
that's like a generalized skill that goes across different parts of business. Communication is a skill. Listening is a skill. I think strategic thinking is a skill as well. I was like 55 different things at once, but I really forgot what the question was. You know, you're all good. So uh, in, in terms of what, what, what you're saying here, and correct me if I'm wrong, but are you saying that when you're hiring, would you rather have someone that is bought into the vision, mission, and sees their place in, in where you are than having those kind of underlying skills so that you could teach them? Yeah, the vision and mission part, yes, that's, I'm lucky because we work in the sustainability, specifically for a contract, that's the world that it's like to even be a, under the consideration you'd want to care about that, right? So that's just a nice thing we have. Other businesses are not as fortunate, right? In the in terms of the, the skills bit, there is a difference between like stuff that's like a technique that, yeah, you can just learn and things that take years to develop and like more fundamentally innate characteristics like drive or resilience and like critical thinking being that stuff in like it's the minute it can be learned in a six months time frame is something that you shouldn't hire for in, in my view like it's way more important that you hire for like characteristics of a good salesperson and actually following your journey and the growth of country as well one thing that's been very obvious that you do really well is you've created a very attractive value proposition to potential employees and, and, and i know you've spent a lot of time doing that can you talk us through a little bit about what you've done there and how you've made a country a, a great place to work for your employees yeah we have worked very hard at it so i appreciate you calling it out so that's very kind the reason why is that we're a tiny company and we have a few different like horsemen of the apocalypse making it really difficult to hire people the first one is that we're an early stage company, so you have people that like are super comfortable with ambiguity and like, don't really know which way is up and still can operate at the big picture level quite a lot of the time, like asking why about everything most of the time, because we don't have a mature business that is very clear how everything goes. We're still working with early companies and figuring it out. So that's one. Another one is the market is also quite like open-ended because even the buyers of the product themselves find it very difficult to link the value of having a carbon footprint to specific deliverable tangible things in their business number three is carbon calculating is like a bit hard and weird and like involves a lot of technical knowledge and then number four is we are a SaaS company in london it's we're only just in the early days of the tech talent crunch in my opinion like it's been coming for 10 years in a slow burn and we're just starting to see it like really be difficult so that that's the fourth horseman but everyone has that horseman i.e it's really difficult to hire anybody in tech <laughs> so, so like we're competing on all these fronts and i actually was quite maybe challenging myself about the value of being really solid and employee kind of offering and culture like our stage but it's really been like very driven by the team i think to get the best people we need to have a strong position as like the working is like a lifestyle and it's like a choice that is driven by your own values so that's the first thing but that's more about like stuff like benefits packages and like how we help people with health insurance and the latest equipment and various perks offering things like this and also a policy which we're quite proud of called no fly holidays where you can claim holiday days extra if you can show you got the train somewhere rather than flying so it suits our mission really well but there's also like a bigger piece that i think about what are the how do you want to bring people into the company and what kind of values are you trying to create into the business i think a lot of studios don't really ask themselves this question of why they want to drive particular values inside the company. I think a lot of CEOs want to model a set of people based off what they think the world should be like. And I think I'm fundamentally in that bucket as well, probably. I think a lot of CEOs are too. 
but there's a better way to think about it which is like what is the right set of values that fits the business that you're trying to build based on the user trying to serve and the product you're trying to serve and we are we talk about that quite a lot and we set it out on our website uh, we have one set which is the contra values one set is the the, how we actually work in the company as well more specifically like just stuff that we do um and people talk about people will often jump on calls and say i really like that you say x a great example is like we say one of our values is egoless which is just we focus on the needs of the customers and not our own and it's like super straightforward and like obviously everybody wants to do that but <laughs> it's the way that you say it the phrasing of egoless is quite blunt and direct and i think people appreciate that mm. um yeah, and there's other things too, I guess, in terms of how we work more specifically, we focus a lot on trying to think about the workflow of each person, their capacity as an individual, how much can they do in a week, as opposed to like, are they coming in nine to five? And trying to adopt a mindset of managing through work and person. It's like really hard. I'd say, I wouldn't say we're really doing it very well yet, but we're trying to do it. And we're definitely like much better than other organizations that I've seen in doing that. And, and we say we, we have flexible working, but that's to me what it actually means. It's not just like you can work whenever you like, we have Slack. <laughs> it means you actually have to rethink the way that you think about time and management. And that's when we say flexible, like we actually really do, really do live by that and mean it. So yeah, that is what we've been thinking about. No, and it's great, and it's definitely, I've seen the results as well in terms of people applying for jobs and those sorts of things, and you've hired some great people, so you're obviously doing some, some great things in there. We've got about 10 minutes left, Ed, and I want just to pivot the conversation slightly, and obviously you've become um, almost a manager by accident. You've started a company, you haven't gone through the traditional, done the job, become the manager, become the VP, you start a company, and then all of a sudden you've got a team underneath you, and you need to learn on the fly and learn as you go. So talk to me about one or two of the biggest challenges that you found since you started being responsible for people i think i'm lucky that i haven't been really tested yet to be fair not in the sense there haven't been tests mm-hmm. but i know that lots of startups go through a lot of pain and we've had not smooth sailing but like the ship's gone like broad in the right direction i've been super lucky to have an amazing team come in and make it easy to be honest that said i, I think it's going to get a lot harder without going to hard mode one challenge that we're thinking about a lot at the moment is that when you have super intelligent people around you everybody knows everyone's good at actually not having an ego and actually having debates in a constructive way the problem is that everybody's really good at debating (laughs) so it's like pretty difficult you can't it's i tried to always make decisions very quickly with with minimum possible time spent with the information but you have to build some kind of consensus around a decision, get people to form some sort of agreed set of truth and then make a decision based off it. But it's pretty difficult to do that when everybody has like quite a deep understanding of the world and then maybe they all look in different ways in certain times. I'm talking about maybe certain problems here, like not everything. And I've been guilty of slowing things down by creating maybe unnecessary kind of noise. Um, whilst also you have to get stuff done today whilst also think about like the long term of the business. Uh, it, it builds on what you're saying there as well. And you mentioned it earlier on in the call as well. It is that you are a non-engineering founder that is managing lots of engineers. And I think many people find themselves in situations, not necessarily engineering, but it will be, they'll be managing people that are better than them at their specific skill. Mm. So how do you deal with that when you do have differing opinions, when you're trying to support their development and help them get better? How, how do you position yourself to be able to do that? I say that the first thing is 
understand the value of yourself in that position and look at other walks of life where there are extremely mature contributors that need to be served by amazing coaches and managers, like literally any sport. <laughs> There's great, lots of great writing by sports coaches and you know, just follow a sports team that you like or talk to people in sport at the end. It just, what is it that makes a coach that's either has always been worse at the thing you do or actually is too fat and old to do it well <laughs> today? Like what makes them a valuable coach? It's like helping you to see the like extra 10% of performance that you can get out of yourself and helping you to connect it into the wider goal that you're spending all your time and effort thinking about your own performance so clearly you're not going to spend thinking about the context of the business or the organization that much you will like a bit but not enough and that's like the job of the manager to be like that person and that's what it comes down to at the end as well i think you need to develop a certain amount of confidence in knowing that you have value in being the coach especially when you're around people that you don't know how hard it is what they do you as a great coach often your job is to distill down the complexity into a simple story and make it know exactly which parts need to be not ignored now and which parts need to be like thought about now by the great team you have around you and understanding your team enough to know which bits they're going to need and which bits are not i do find that when that's going well for me i'm mostly just asking questions and i'm not really saying very much and then just being very much like thinking about the choice of the question to, to, to lead is really firstly it's what works for me mm-hmm. and what I think I the kind of culture I want to build a lot of people when they first start to try and be in positions of like product leadership or product management or startups just try and have all the answers and ultimately set everybody down no I, I love that and, and it links all the way back to, to the start of the conversation where you, you spoke about one of your superpowers being active listening as well it's it's you are there as a coach and you need to recognize and have confidence as your position as a coach and then listen and support your employees on their journey and on their development just by asking the right questions and helping them use their knowledge to come to the right answers. So, no, I, I really like that, Ed. I think, I think that's really cool. Okay, so let's finish this off with um, looking back over the last two years at the Cruncher, It Could you try and distill down one event or one decision that you made or one conversation that you had with one of your employees that had some of the biggest impact that you've seen um, in this journey towards great management? I'm thinking of someone who actually left a contract, unfortunately, but they contribute for a very long time to the business. And I, we worked together really quite closely and always trying to do that job of helping them see firstly the bigger picture of where we might go and then also how their own work contributes to that. It didn't end up working out with that person. The reason I'm saying this is that the conversation that definitely had a lot of impact for me as well was actually the final one of actually there was a time, as a moment when I remember very distinctly when it all got came to a head with this person and they were clearly mentally struggling a lot and couldn't see the story anymore. But also they felt very committed to business Mm -hmm. and i i was actually extremely happy with how the person was doing and i really got a huge amount of value and thought they had great potential for the company but it couldn't work for them mentally and they knew that they didn't want to to leave and didn't want to to stop working for the business but it was too difficult for them but there was a moment when i had to eventually just ask the question of you know 
how does the story feel for you? Does, does it feel like you can still be in the conjure? Does it, is it that's a possibility on the table? And as soon as I asked that question, like the doors open, and I could tell that person actually had been wanting to have that question asked, but just didn't know how to ask it, or didn't what didn't know how to ask me to ask it for all the obvious reasons. And it definitely had a big impact for me because it's easy to say, oh, it's really important that you want the best for your staff and, and your business and everything like that, but like sometimes that's the, that's them not being with you, yeah. and that's a difficult decision to make. But ultimately, it's you can't have some having a supportive culture that does the right thing by staff and then not happy with the bits like not having the bits where it's difficult. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and found things you can take away and implement into your management style. If you enjoyed today's content, please ensure you go to 10xmanagers.com and sign up for our community where you can get access to the free weekly interview we have with a different manager and leader, including email writer, full video interview, related resources, guides, and templates, and a lot more to help you continue to improve as a leader, as well as to dive into our community and join the discussion with our other 10X managers and leaders. As always, I really hope you enjoyed today's interview, but most importantly, we want you to take action and make change.